Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I am joined as always by the... What's a good adjective for Tara? Ambidextrous. <laughs> Are you ambidextrous? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined by Tara uh, who's repeating this day. She, she went back in time and is reliving this day with foreknowledge so welcome to the show but you already know what i'm going to say for the entirety of this podcast i've been up for 36 hours <laughs> all in one day <laughs> yeah got my so, earpiece in you can't see it <laughs> so welcome to the show this is our sci-fi movie podcast uh where we talk about a science fiction film every week and um, also at the end of the show most weeks we do a mystery science theater 3000 bonus section where we talk about an episode of that show which is effectively talking about a bad movie from some time in the past um uh, later actually i forgot the name of the movie was it zombie nightmare zombie nightmare yeah we're doing zombie nightmare on mystery science theater at the end of the show so you can look forward to that at the end but the main attraction this week the main movie we're talking about is a film that was uh, a winner of our Patreon vote every month on patreon.com slash TV. We do a vote for our $5 and up patrons, and they get to vote between four films. There were four time travel movies, I believe, was the vote. Is this mm -hmm. our first vote? I think it is. Yeah. This is the first one. Um, and the winner was Primer. It was a time travel theme. Uh, so we, I think we had Predestination I can't in there. believe that this won over Time Cop. Time Cop was I wanted Time Cop so bad. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> to stop us from just doing Time Cop in the near future. Because I want well, to do Time Cop. Why would people not choose Time Cop? Because they it's knew this... Damn. They knew this was the one that was going to melt our brains. And they wanted to see <laughs> see the, the, the outcome of that. So... Yeah, I hope you brought your red and blue flashcards for this. Because okay. I'm going to need a breakdown. Actually, hold on. We're going to pause the recording here because I said I was going to do something before we started and I want to do it and it'll take too long to do it on camera while I'm still talking. So we're going to pause this and we'll be back after I've set something up. So we're going to talk about Primer. We'll start off spoiler free as we always do. I've set up my my teaching aid, if we'll call it. Um, <laughs> with, now I won't use this too much because obviously a lot of people listen to just the audio of this. But for people watching the video, I will be able to draw some uh, diagrams on the screen when the occasion comes for it. Uh, so <laughs> comes for it calls for it mm -hmm. like you know what i think you know by now how this show goes we start off <laughs> with serious intentions of having a serious debate about a science fiction film and then it goes off the rails and we get kind of silly that's okay that's what the show is but yes so primer I, I had seen this before a while ago um lucky you had not <laughs> no you've so, had time to think about it <laughs> yeah so i, I want to ask you a question before we, we get so if you don't know what the primer is about basically two guys uh who are kind of engineers accidentally create a method of time travel and start using it and things get complicated that's all i'm saying <laughs> in terms of defining the plot uh mm -hmm. so why i asked you is how did you feel watching it in terms of like before i even say if you liked it or not i just want to know did, did you find it confusing did you find it hard to follow was it obtuse what you know where were you like you know especially at certain points do you remember the end of the second matrix movie where it was the architect yes. explaining the world to neo and that last 15 minutes made you feel so dumb this was just an hour and 20 minutes of an architect scene for me except i wasn't mad about it i just felt like well, I needed to step up my own game. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> going to say there because I know you hate that scene. Uh, I do. In Matrix, really, I know you hate that. Mm -hmm. 
vis-a-vis. Look, look at look at us. Uh, we've been doing this long enough now that I, I'm predicting how she feels about scenes in other films. <laughs> um, it's like it's like we're not. This is not the first episode. We're, we're not just podcasting for the first time. It's 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 a beautiful right. it's a beautiful long form podcast relationship. How how beautiful it's, is that, folks? We're at the butterfly stage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're blooming. Um, anyway, uh, so. Yeah, it's, I, I get what you're saying. I, I like this movie is intentionally. I, I think one of the things I noticed is like I, I just said that in my premise of this is that they, they create time travel by accident, and I think one thing that I'll point out about this movie is I, I even on the second watch, I wasn't sure and had to check afterwards. I, I did like go and check a couple of things after I finished watching it just to confirm them for myself. But until I read it afterwards, I actually didn't know what they were trying to achieve when they accidentally created time travel. Yeah, it was like a weightlessness thing, right? Where yeah, they were trying to yeah, they were trying to use the weight. They were trying to decrease weight using an electromagnetic field or something like that. Um, and they accidentally and I get okay because once I read that, I went, oh, I can understand the application why that would be a good thing. Why like oh, shipping things would all of a sudden be like, you know, let's say you're shipping cars to other countries. Oh, if you can make things weigh weigh less, all of a sudden you can have mm-hmm. more of them, or you can because they do that one demonstration with the with the paper clippings and stuff. Yeah on their like small model thing and when they do that it like slows it down so you can't really tell if it's weightlessness or if it's a uh, slowed time and it's it's a very low budget film it was made for seven thousand dollars which is nothing for a, for a movie yeah that, that is and don't get me wrong <laughs> the some... cost of the camera and some mics <laughs> yes and don't get me wrong sometimes it feels like a cheap like a really cheap movie it does but oh sure yeah but it's definitely not like as amateur as i would expect for something that has a writer director producer star you know this Usually is not the room very very bad sign yeah that, this is not the room <laughs> this is not you know uh manos, manos. That, was, that was the rush i think of um you know it's not those movies um don't get me wrong i love watching the room is it's a delight to behold but what about manos I love watching the Mystery Science Theater episode of Manos. I don't know if I could get on board with uh with that. Um, I I feel like I feel like if if Tara had said you know, not even do you want to watch Mystery Science Theater, but if she'd said, do you like Mystery Science Theater? And if I if I had been anything other than willing to like watch more of it, the the podcast would have probably ended right there and then. Um, I'd have been shunned. I'd be like, well, you don't like Mystery no. Science Theater, well, Worthy. yeah, I'm not wasting my time on you. <laughs> I'll waste my time on other That's people. my deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that and Predator. <laughs> it's true. Um, which I can respect. Um, so, the like, I, I, I do like the idea that it's created by accident. It's one of those things where so many things that we have in the world were actually not the, the intention of the device. You know, like, they were discovered by accident. You know, penicillin is the famous example of, that wasn't mm-hmm. the goal. It just, and penicillin is such a useful thing. So, so many things have been created as a as a byproduct of whatever the the goal was, and then it ended up becoming the main thing that was used, and that person became famous for. Mm-hmm. So that is a really interesting ta- way to tackle a time travel thing, and I I I, res- I always respect a low budget movie that actually doesn't feel like crap because it it does things, and I, I guess at this point you know as a complicated movie we're going to break it down, try and get into it, and understand it if we can even possibly do so. Uh, but at this point I will ask the question, regardless of how much you could understand it. And mm-hmm. that, that'll probably be my second question. But did you enjoy Primer? Yes, <laughs> you I did. did. You did. Excellent what about you? Um, <laughs> I do as well. I think it has some problems. I, I think it has some things I will critique. 
um yeah and and there are things that i will critique on a script level so it's not like i'm saying oh is this just because oh like i give them a pass because it's only seven thousand dollars worth of filmmaking <laughs> as opposed to you know it's stuff that no, i think no no i can... think i think that's fair yeah i think it's uh i don't i try not to hold a, a movie's budget or when it was made oh sure uh, too too close to the chest you know because there are limitations for that reason and if you could pull something off that's great um i try not to hold it against him oh yeah like any complaints i'm going to have are, are more from like a script choice to let you know a script in then direction choice to like make certain because i think some of the things that are obtuse in this movie don't have to be like they could have made things clearer uh instead because yeah. the, the last like 15 20 minutes especially I don't think it's always made clear what's going on. And I, I've seen it twice now and like read like summaries and like we'll watch other people talk about it. So I know what happens at the end, but I don't think on a first time watch it's actually that clear. Like what, what the last 15 minutes uh, yeah. did. Yeah, I think there's still, I have so many questions. Certain yeah. characters pop up later on and I'm like, I don't know who this is. Yeah. Why this is important. That said though, um. <laughs> I think this film is very inventive and it has such a great, like atmosphere there's this tone to it yes that, that i think is exceptional and while i think it sometimes looks pretty amateur uh although i understand that maybe the, the this choice of shooting style to make it feel because it's like okay what can we achieve with no money and that was kind of mm -hmm. the choice you know like um and a lot of the, the cast in the movie are like friends of the director kind of thing and again that usually spells disaster but this is clearly someone who was talented enough to like try and make something work e even if i do think that there's definitely some things they could have made clearer to the audience yeah but i can't deny that it has this feeling this mood this tone where i feel like i'm i'm almost spying on a discovery where i'm not supposed to know about this sure i mean they all come off as like real engineers like real scientists like the, the jargon that they yeah. use I'm sure like half of it's made up, but I buy it. Like yeah. they all seem like they all are just coworkers and they know what they're talking about. <laughs> to, to a fault. Cause I think the opening like 10 minutes where it's just like, we're sort of meeting them for the first time and they're talking to each other about whether the project has like, like I say, I didn't know what they were trying to achieve. I just, you know, all these words were being bandied around and sure. um, you know, you, you felt like you'd been dropped into it, which maybe makes it feel more real because I shouldn't understand all this jargon, but to its credit, when it does start doing the time travel stuff, I do. It is, it is definitely something you have to pay attention to and kind of listen for and make sure mm -hmm. you're taking it in. But you can understand. I, I I think it's the last like 15, 20 minutes, like I said, where it gets a little bit murky in how it presents its information and could be doing with yeah. uh, cleaning up a little bit in, in the script. But um, yeah. So no, I, I'm pretty positive on it though because I, I think it's like it's like when I saw the first Paranormal Activity. You know that film was made for like fifteen thousand dollars and say what you will about the sequels and say what you will about the trend that it started like that is a super inventive little movie where someone said i can mm -hmm. you know if we have a nice house to shoot in and a camera i can make this movie i don't yeah. need anything else i'm not like a big horror person but i actually kind of like the sequels they're the ones that i've seen anyway i i thought two was decent enough and i actually quite like three i thought three was a really i actually thought three might be better than one and is it the one with the xbox and the little girls oh no that's four i hated that one <laughs> Okay. That's, that's, that's the, the one, last one I saw. That's the one with the connect, which is like features like as a prominent yeah, it was a plot point. <laughs> no, three was great because it did this thing where they they put the camera on a on an oscillating fan, so it actually panned left and right at one point. Um, mm -hmm. and it was set in the eighties. Like I really I, that one I, I felt was the most inventive, and I liked the ending uh, the most. I think, yeah. but um, so because I think after that they started like stretching for ideas and they kind of watered down the the, the the core premise so they could keep 
stretching it and it was you know whatever but well i I didn't think it was they always managed to find kind of a clever way to bring back the same family sure the family tree anyway and two two and three at least once we got to four and marked ones and then the final dimension didn't see it whatever the sixth (laughs) one was i I didn't scream as long ago right no that's insidious Yes, yeah, insidious. The last Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's starting to blur. If you want to uh, hear me talk about horror films, you can do that on Streams After Midnight, our horror movie podcast that I do with Tim, which has been going for over 300 episodes. We are veterans at this point. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, so, what was I going to say? Yes, so, Primer. <laughs> low budget, yeah. Low budget, low budget. And I respect that. I respect low budget films. Um because this is the thing like whenever i like critique like higher budget films for not looking very good or feeling amateur like i really it really pisses me off because you can do a lot with less if you're talented if you know what you're doing if you Mm -hmm. if you're if you're if you have a a or not even a style but if you have a determination to make something that feels like a real movie you can do it and obviously this is a higher budget than this but you know even three hundred thousand dollars for halloween the original halloween is insanely low like Movies don't get made for under millions, right? They they don't really even no. even at that time they didn't really. Um uh but and the sequels all get made for millions of dollars. You know, Halloween two has a much higher budget than Halloween one, uh back in you know, back in the seventies and at the start of the eighties in that case. Yeah. And when you watch Halloween, it is one of the most stylish, impressive impressively directed horror films of all time. And it's it's a classic for a reason. Oh, hold up. It, it's great, yeah. And like it's my it's my favorite horror film. I think it's a ten out of ten. I think it's a masterpiece. So when when someone comes in with a hundred million dollar budget and I think it looks like crap, you know, and when I say it looks like crap, I just mean how it looks, like the, the core visual, the, the color timing, and like just how how it appears yeah. to my eyes before I even get the script or character. Oh, CGI. Or plot. Oh, yeah. yeah, CGI. Like it's just like movies used to look good, and they used to look good on a very low budget where people just cared about it and they they put the effort in and um. It seems to me that those kind of movies always, like the the low budget films that make all their money back, seem to spark a lot of franchises. And maybe it's just because of the horror connection. But I think Rocky was the same way, also. Well, Rocky was the uh, the first movie with a Steadicam in it. That, that kind of revolutionized a new way of shooting. Um, to the point really? I didn't know that. To the point where, yeah, yeah, I remember actually when I was in a TV, uh, or was it was in university studying television production. And we were talking about different types of mount, and mounts are just like you know tripod or a track or sure. you know, dif- different things you put the camera on, basically. Um, you know cranes, you know whatever. Um, and we're talking about Steadicam. If you know what Steadicam is, a Steadicam is like a it's like a counterweight, so that even if you're holding, because you know handheld, which is not a bad mm-hmm. thing. Like people think, oh, handheld looks amateur. No, like tons of movies use handheld and shaky cam. Like this is a legitimate technique to to make things yeah. feel tense or or if you're Star Trek, it's you do action it, films, yeah, you, you do it really quickly to make it look the ships, you know, <laughs> ha- having uh, turbulence or getting hit by a rocket oh, or something. <laughs> The head, yes, the head television <laughs> show, Star Trek, the original series. Um, and all of them, even. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, dear. If you want to return the favor and do a Buffy one later, I mean, that's okay. We'll see. I'll take and no give. Um, <gasps> I don't know Buffy. Yeah, I know, I know. But so, so that's what that's what Steadicam is. So the idea is, is that you, you know, it has this kind of floaty feel to it. And, you know, Halloween used that a lot as well. Um, the POV shots specifically to like follow people mm-hmm. around. So typically POV stuff. If you're doing like a long take, like that will be in a Steadicam. 
Um, and it's used a lot for sports now as well because they can, they can be quite mobile with it, but still have a pretty steady shot. Um, but right. it does. But you can tell the difference. Like from that between that and a track, you can feel the difference when you're watching it if you if you know what you're looking for. Um, but Rocky did this thing, you know, the famous moment, you know, at the end of the training montage where he runs up the steps, right, and the camera follows him up the steps and like circles around him and goes, you know, up and down the steps with him, and it's completely smooth and dreamlike the whole time. Right. There, there's no track. There's no. Yeah, no yeah. track. There's a story um, that I was told in, in uni about this, where the DP and maybe the director or whoever went to like, um, I don't know if it was like a festival or so, something where there was other DPs and directors, right? So something where there was a gathering of people that you know knew knew how to make movies, and they showed them this clip from Rocky, and the director of photographers who were there, the cinematographers, turned and said, "How the f did you do that?" They didn't know, mm. and it it like wowed them. They were because sh- they could tell that they couldn't do this with track. They because because the, the the shot goes up the steps with them, circles around them, like it couldn't be track. It was impossible. And yeah. they're like, "This is a magic trick at the time." Yeah, how did you do this? Um, and they're not idiots because like they recognize it and go, "No, you can't do this." Like, tell me what you what secret you've got. And you know, it was a steady cam. That that was the new technology that made it possible. Um, and I always loved hearing that story. Uh, so. Yeah, I just got into that because you mentioned Rocky. <laughs> I wanted to talk about it. Um, I'm trying to get Creed on this show somehow. Somehow. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like, the, the this movie does not, I wouldn't say it looks good. That's, in fact, the worst thing about this movie is probably how it looks. It, it looks very... Oh, yeah, that one nighttime scene that's in there looks horrible. Yeah, because they're shooting in a, I think, Super 16 millimeter. Um, it's, you know, it's very grainy. It's very kind of rough looking um the the color timing in a lot of scenes you know it's this harsh fluorescent overexposed kind of thing it's going for a style mm-hmm. for sure but it it does it does make it feel less like a movie and it looks more like a like a documentary like they've, they've caught some footage that they're not supposed to have kind of thing yeah. it has that kind of feel to it so it, it gives it this tone and every so often there's this narration that comes in and it's like it's like almost as kind of over a shitty recording over a phone um yeah. kind of thing so it's going for a thing it's, it's taking it's very smart. It's using what they could achieve, knowing that it's not up to par with what a full, you know, a proper produced movie is, but making it work in the context of what the what the, your plot is to give it the tone that you okay, we can use that to actually enhance the feeling of the film as opposed to right, right. So very smart in that sense. Yeah, I do like the way it was shot. A lot of it, like a lot of the, a lot of the, just the camera work is like half behind a like a pillar or something or like a wall and like you're spying on them like you said earlier it just adds to the atmosphere i thought yeah i nothing really took me out on the way it was shot other than how cheap everything looked it yeah. sounded a lot of handhelds there's a lot of handheld in this mm-hmm. uh, a lot of shaky cam um the editing's really quick yeah it's like and, it, oh, and oh, the it, dialogue is really quick too yeah, they they are firing so much dialogue back and forth at each other is insane. I the editing is kind of a funny one to me because I I almost feel like because because one of the things I read earlier actually is that because it was so low budget and because they were having to buy film because it was they were still shooting in film you know it was two thousand four mm, but so digital okay, yeah yeah um and because of that and because it was a cheap film and they had a seven thousand dollar budget um and I assume <laughs> it wasn't actually a budget I assume it's just that's how much they ended up spending by the end. You know, I, right. I, I highly doubt they went in with a. You know, we've got seven grand to spend. <laughs> you know, um, it was probably just, hey, friends, want to make a movie? Yeah. Can you pitch in for <laughs> the film? I don't think they actually paid anyone. Yeah. Um, and 
because of that, like they they couldn't do a lot of takes. So the fact that there's so many shots that it's cutting between to me is insane. I'm like I I would like almost go with a, a style that's more conclusive to single long takes, just so that you yeah. could you could do it in one or two and that's it and like that's a whole scene. Whereas this has got a lot of shots. Uh, I suppose the opposing argument to that does though is that if you do three takes, say. And you're going to cut between a lot of different takes because you're cutting between a lot of different shots. You can hide mistakes that way because if there's like one bad part in one take, you can you know use a different right. shot. And well, plus, uh, I I mean I kind of looked up the actors, but they they all look like for the most part this is their first movie, oh, sure. and they're probably not professional actors at all. So in that case, you you probably don't want to do long takes because if one person screws up, then you have to start all over. As someone who's made a few student films, <laughs> I can sympathize. And I, I'm someone who wanted long takes because I, I I love a lot. I just mentioned how much I love Halloween, right? I yeah. love a long take. Um, it's good for horror. It's good for horror. And I'm, I'm trying to build tension and I'm like, you know. So luckily, um, the one that I did make that was more horror-esque, it didn't have a lot of dialogue in it. So I could at least just kind of like, oh, you just have to do the actions, right? You'd have to remember lines here. Just be mysterious. When are we going to review that one on Screams After Midnight? <laughs> you've seen that short film, actually. <laughs> um, you've seen you've seen uh, Beyond the Door. Um, so yeah, we, we yeah. So let's talk about the time travel. Let's talk about the time travel. <laughs> um, did Did you like the method of time travel? Uh, you mean like the box or yeah yeah like, like or just, the explanation the way it handles time travel the way it like like this is not like they've got a device they can just like put in a date and like go to the future or the past it's like it's, it's, it's this very strict rule they have to follow right i'm going to say yes because it seems very clean and well it doesn't very us, well thought out until a certain point in the um, movie i just don't know if i've entirely followed it i'm gonna have to take care of something real quick I wonder if that something's <laughs> name is Gus and that something is a pudi cat. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, the time travel in this is really interesting. It's it's kind of this idea of you basically turn on a timer and then you go away, do whatever you're doing, and you come back and you go into the box and then you stay in the box for the amount of time you want to go back and time in and then you come out when you turned on the timer so it's this kind of looping kind mm -hmm. of style of time travel so you, it's always the past and it always has to be something you can feasibly do by right staying and you can't in a box. go back further from when the box was activated yeah you have to go back to when the box was activated um okay. so and that's not too hard to understand it, it, it but it gets really complicated later on when they start doing some wackier stuff but yeah. at least that core idea is quite understandable uh early on and it starts playing with it and yeah the, the actors are yeah they're very amateur feeling but at the same time they're very amateur in a way that feels like, more, like again like a documentary they don't feel like they're idiots trying to act does that make sense no they they seem like engineers <laughs> yeah they don't seem like actors though they, they seem like regular people they do uh, which, yeah which, which is interesting i uh which, which i appreciate so some of them seem a little bit too regular people yeah, there are a couple of the, of actors that like stood out some of, so some of the friends that you only see in one or two scenes yeah yeah there's one guy who like keeps lighting up a cigarette but it really doesn't look like he knows how to smoke a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> but he's like this is going to be my thing my character thing 
and he like lights it up and he doesn't inhale just like the smoke comes out and he holds it all weird and he does it twice what, like what? in a later scene too and you're like oh. if you're just picking that for a character trait why would you pick something that you you know you can't do like it's so weird i oh dear um so so weird but yeah the the, the movie like it's a short movie as well it's like an hour and 17 minutes it's like you know it's mm-hmm. 77 minutes kind of thing um not not a long film and uh i, I think the, the it doesn't really feel short though not to me anyway maybe because i was you know lost at a lot of it i was like okay (laughs) and so much happens so much dialogue it doesn't seem like a short film i think it's because there's so many so much dialogue and so many scenes i i I think that has the effect of you feeling you've been through so many scenes that it must have been you know reasonably lengthy but in actual fact it's actually really short did you feel that way um not this time i may have done the first time i can't remember but this time i definitely Mm -hmm. i felt the opposite actually where uh, I felt like the, the the conflict in the story, if you want to call it that, in the last like you know twenty five minutes, felt like it was almost too late. I was like, how can there only be twenty five minutes left? They have to give this more time. And I almost think that that would actually benefit the film if they if they did take a bit more time in that last chunk and uh, pace it out a bit. Yeah, yeah, and not necessarily overly explained it, but just presented it in a way that was a little less confusing. <laughs> uh, but we'll <laughs> get. Oh, oh. <laughs> But we'll get into that when we we talk about this, the spoilers and stuff, which we're probably a bit ready to do. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about and spoiler free before we. Uh, not really. No. Okay. Well, in that case, brace yourself. Brace yourself for spoilers for Primer. Here we so, go. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. So they're doing this project at the start. Uh, one of them, Abe. So we've got two characters, two main characters, the two guys that are the, the central of the film. We have Aaron, who's played by the director. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have Abe, who's the friend. Who's the friend? I really, really wish that they had names that were more different. I know. <laughs> so Abe <laughs> is the one who kind of discovers it. Uh, discovers that there's time travel happening. Um, does some tests with a watch and they get kind of confused and what's going on. And then it's kind of revealed that he actually did, in fact, do a test on himself. He built, you know, a human-sized box. Mm-hmm. And he proves this to, to Aaron by actually... So they're, they're out, like, on a truck in a really random place, like, having this conversation. How, how we have convinced them to go to this place? I guess he was driving and said, oh, well, we'll sit here and, you know, talk out in, you know, the fresh air, I guess. <laughs> but he's like, try to explain theoretically how a person could do this and what the rules would be. And we kind of intercut this, or we don't, uh, maybe not yet, but it's, it's, we certainly do intercut it when he expl- explains it later. How you would have to, like, you know, turn on the thing and then go and, like, kind of hide yourself from society so you don't, like, have any effect on the world. So that when you, you go don't back. You influence and, anything, yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the, the six hour period in this case, when you go back into the box and you go back in time six hours and you come back out. You're not interacting with the person that you know because he says that you no, know, I, I left immediately when I turned it on so that I wouldn't encounter myself. And the, the the original version that stayed through the day, went through the time box, comes back out, could then go and do things and interact with people and make sure the other the original version never did. Uh, and it would be this kind of self you know this loop that has a close because eventually it comes out of the box. But the idea being that when the new one is out in the world, technically the other one's actually in the box still. You know, mm-hmm. so you have this weird paradox thing where the ones in the box. Um, but anyway, so that happens. Uh, so he, he proves it to Aaron by saying, "Hey, this is going to be kind of crazy, but look through these binoculars." And he looks over, and it's him 
going into this this storage facility. These are like storage, lo- you know, uh, not lockers, but you know, big storage rooms. Yeah, you can yeah, yeah. Storage unit. Yeah, storage unit. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like freaked out. Obviously, said, what, wait, what you did? You did this. You, so you've went back in time. This is the second version of you that's came back in time. That you're talking to me. And he's like, yep. Um, and from there, they start going back in time, and they check like stock market like changes, and like, okay, we can make some money uh, by like doing this properly. And they have to be careful. And of course, eventually, they kind of make a mistake, and there's maybe some incidents that they have to get into. So before we get to the big stuff towards the end, at this point in the film, um, how are you feeling about how they're showing this and intercutting like? Because they kind of do this thing where they intercut like him doing like instead of intercutting with him doing it originally, they intercut the explanation with them doing it the next day of like both of them doing it. I still like I think I was following it for the most part on, but I I still was confused at which version I was looking at a lot of the times, mm-hmm. and um, like I, I I don't know I don't know if you can do it. A, a bit differently because of course they would look exactly the same. They've only changed six hours, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think at this point I was getting a little bit lost. What about you? That's that's for I don't. I mean, again, I can't remember how I felt the first time. I, I've seen it a second time. I'm already having an idea of how it worked. It, it that help. Um, okay. I probably followed it better this time. I certainly wasn't lost at this point. I think the middle part of the film, at this section, I, I thought, I understand this. I know exactly what's happening. I get I get it. I knew, I, I did vaguely remember, though, that the ultimate kind of big thing was, though, is that one of them actually had a third box. Because there's two boxes in, the, in this, this unit that they're yeah. using, so they can both do it at the same time. I knew that one of them had a third box that they'd turned on before all this started, so that they, if they wanted to, they could go all the way back and yeah that was a cool reveal yeah and smart like yeah. to have a fail safe that's exactly what it is the uh, fail safe box it, you know, in case they start screwing things up and things start getting weird it was like you know right um there's a lot about the ending that i don't understand though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so there's a couple maybe i'm a second view and i would get it but i i don't know <laughs> yeah there's, there's a couple of things that happen uh like aaron at one point realizes that within the hotel room hiding that he's got his cell phone on him right and it rings and he answers it and talks to his wife and it's just kind of and it's okay at this point because he's still in the box or yeah. the other version of him still in the box right yeah but make sure you you can't take it with you the next day or, or when you go back you have to make sure it's mm-hmm. like not with you um unfortunately because she's gonna call again yeah. and it has to be the other guy the other version of you that answers it yeah, the original version. But he forgets he's got it on him, and when they're out in the world getting food the next day, you know, or, or on the same day, rather, after they've tra- time-traveled, the phone rings. And they have this this interesting debate of, like, well, is the other one ringing too, so you might still answer it in the hotel? Or is, is it just ringing yours first because yours is the first one that the... Because, you know, like, what, what happens with a phone company if there's two identical phones with two identical numbers in the area? Like, how does it handle that? Like, because obviously I, I, I don't think that happens. It shouldn't happen. Why, why would it happen? There's a reason why everyone has a phone number, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting debate and, and they don't know. Like, if, if I don't answer it and the other one's not answering it, then we've changed things because the wife got the phone call yesterday, but not today. If he does answer right. it, then, I mean, the original one's not answering it, so you've already, you've changed what happened to you guys on the, on the same day before. Right. Who knows how that influences, like 
because he assumingly didn't get the phone call at all from his wife. So, I mean, how does that change your day? You could argue. <laughs> Are you going to end up on the same like routine? Here's here's something for you. You could argue it's already changed his day, and that's why he didn't he didn't remember to put his phone like away. He has it on him because, as far as he's concerned, like it kind of went out of his head and he didn't remember it. Oh boy, my brain can't handle that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just to do a simple diagram on screen, I'll just explain it once again. So the way this works, I'll do uh, right red for the box, right. So they go into a box. They turn, or sorry, they turn on a timer. They turn on a timer, right, mm-hmm. and. They then live out the day hiding, maybe getting some stock tips, but that's about it, right? And then they... Maybe I could have missed a better way. <laughs> but then, then they go they go back, they go into the box, and come out. I mean, I should probably do another box up here, actually, because they actually get the box up here. Right? So there you go. So they spend time in the box, say six hours in this case, and come back, and then they pop out during the time that um, they turned they turned it on, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's when they live their new time. Okay, so original, and then they come out, and then we get the new versions of them, right? Simple enough. Okay, right. Except now there's two of them. There's two of them until they get to the time again where the original versions go in the box to time t- travel in time. Once we get past this time in the day when they went in the box, we're back to just having one set of them. Okay. Right. I'm just going to take your word for it because, to be honest, I don't understand how there's not how there's not always two of them. Because right, so because they always go back in the box, so there is like a, like a little time loop where they've done this, mm-hmm. where they you know the versions. They always so the versions that go in the box, or sorry, the versions that turn the thing on, then live out the day, and then they go in the box, they go back in time and come out the box, and then they live like forever essentially. Uh, well, obviously they go in the box again when they do this more times, but for the sake of this example, they're, they're just doing it once, right? So they come out okay. and they live forever. The versions that so there is technically two of them for that day, right? The original versions hide in the hotel room, and the new versions that were in the box and have time traveled and are living out their day, knowing what they've done. The versions, the versions that are now in the hotel, still do the thing that they did before. They still go back in the box and time travel and become the versions that are out in the world now. You could argue, but they're that, on a different timeline. Well, well, that's that's the debate, right? Where because you could argue that even the first time they do it and they're hiding, that the other versions already came out of the box because they'd already time traveled. I need a PhD to be able to watch this movie. <laughs> oh, so, so this good. is not Terminator science. It is not. This, this, is, this gets more complicated in a minute as well. So we, we get this. I think one of the things that this movie could have made clear about is that there's this incident where because um, I'll be honest, I didn't even realize Abe had a girlfriend until they started talking about her like late on in the Me movie. Neither. It was so weird. Like they should have yeah, established I didn't, that. Well, I knew they they said something about it's Rachel, right? That's his girlfriend. Yeah. And one of the coworkers, I think the one that is smoking, <laughs> says that at the party, 
for her, somebody showed up with a shotgun. And I don't know if anyone got injured or people were just scared, but she was threatened or something. And I didn't know that that was his girlfriend. I just thought that was just like a mutual friend or something. Yeah. Like another coworker or I had no idea. Yeah. No, <laughs> I definitely picked up that he came in with a shotgun. Like that was some, that was the key thing that stuck out in the scene when they talk about it. But it's a, such a quick scene and it feels like, is this the result of something happening? Like, I don't think they set up the stakes enough where we know that the goal, because the goal to go back further after this is to try and like save the day at this, this even though no one actually got shot but it was basically like you know he scared my girlfriend so i, I want to make sure that didn't happen kind of thing right he uh, wants to be a hero wants to be a hero um and they're debating doing it and abe reveals that he's been turning on the machine at five o'clock at night before they leave in case they have to go back and like repeat a night to f- try and fix something uh and they're on their way to do this and there is a so there's a character they talk about at the start and i only caught this because it was my second viewing and because i confirmed it afterwards as well is so early on they're looking for funding for the project that that ends up turning into the time travel thing and they're wanting funding from this guy this dad of someone they know uh i I think it's what Uh, i I think it's the girlfriend's dad or maybe his wife's dad i guess it must be the girlfriend's dad maybe it's rachel's dad because he shows up is the same one that shows up later that's, that's where I am now. It's, it's the nighttime scene where he kind of shows up and they start... Because at this point in the film, we've only heard about him a couple of times and it was right back at the start of the film. Um, I mean, we never really saw him either. And they kind of noticed that he's, he's driving behind them. And I think Abe says, like, this is, or Aaron says, this is so weird. I saw him earlier today and he was clean shaven because he's going to a thing, like, tomorrow or something like that. Uh, and yeah. he's got he's got, like, you know, a three-day shadow on his face right now um and it's like how how could this happen and they, they kind of chase him and i i love like they're they're freaking out because it feels like someone else has went back in time and they don't know why or how like he has access yeah. to this that is a really great idea that I, is cool because you can't know you can't know why I, but I, I, like i love i love the debate where they're like can you think of a reason why you would tell him in the future and they're like no i don't and can you think of why you would tell him no i can't and they have this debate maybe it was an emergency maybe it was something and we never really find out which i'm okay with but i think what's interesting is that they never like like you have to really be paying attention here to notice that they they mention that they've actually got them in a coma like lying in one of their beds like in another room when they come back Mm -hmm. and they even speculate for a brief second that you know do do we like see if he's in one of the boxes like do we turn it off and find out like is is he just in there like, how do we deal with this? And th- then we come up with the fail-safe thing and we find out about it. But, like, I almost feel like this entire section of the movie could be, like, a whole other half hour. I-, I could go for half an hour of debating, is he in the box? Do we turn it off? If we do turn it off while he's inside the box, what does that do to him? Yeah, what happens? Plus, they're stuck, right? Because they can't go back any further if they... Well, they have the fail-safe, but unless he's in the fail-safe and they have to turn that off, too. Yeah, well, we know he's not in the fail-safe <laughs> because they go in the fail-safe, at least... Right, right, right. But they wouldn't know that at that moment. Oh, sure. And then, and then, like, and then, even on top of that, like, you know, they've got this second version of of Mister Granger, whatever his name is, and like we know because they phoned the, the the one that's like not traveled in time because he's in his house. He's like, why are you calling me so late? You know, kind of thing. So they they mm-hmm. know like like they could they could kill this this version of Granger and never be caught. Like, have that debate. Like, because Mr. Granger's there. Like, how no one would, like, he's not been murdered. He's alive. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, 
so so much they could do with this. And yeah, that was really cool. Except I didn't know who Rachel was or Mr. Granger was when he showed up. That's fair. That is totally fair because the first time I watched and that, it, I... it really like took me out. Like I, I kept trying to figure out who is, why is he important? Who is this guy? And I, I, I didn't catch it in the beginning. Yeah, like you did. Well, and I, I felt totally lost the, about that. The, the first time I didn't. The first time I watched this, I know I was confused at this point, wondering who the hell is this asshole. And I I, right. I, I, I got the fear that someone else had traveled back in time. I understood that the first watch, but I yeah. never understood who this character was. Um, and that's why I say when I want to critique it, like I think it's use of time travel. I mean, as much as I'm saying they could have done more with this part of the concept here, what makes the movie good is how it plays with time travel and how it maybe explores it in a way that's different to other movies. I think where it fails is just conveying simple information. Like this isn't like even like time travel theories. This is just who is this character? <laughs> like yeah, you know yeah. that that this should is not be a, confusing. A really poor way of introducing a character <laughs> that we were supposed to know. Yeah, <laughs> that that shouldn't be difficult. Uh, but it is here, and I feel like it is a kind of a failing of the the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is when Abe reveals that he had a failsafe. He had a third box in a different locker uh that he turned on before all this started so that if something went wrong if you know because they mentioned at one point that uh you know they're noticing little things or, or whatever um but if you know if something went wrong and we messed things up and it got too complicated i could stop us from ever starting and that would like fix everything and just be it um i am still confused about it though like but it, how one... can he do it from like before he even discovers time travel well it's not before he discovers it it's before he did it the first you know the first test where he proved it to aaron he did it like before that he like he set up the boxes but he had a third one and he turned that on before he went back in the first one and the idea okay because i thought he was explaining that that when they had the the little mini box with like the weebles in it oh sure that that was what they were going to sabotage the the one thing i don't understand in this episode or this episode this 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 ending Mm -hmm. this movie that confuses the show me still experiment yeah right so so abe says he built a fail safe and he turned it on before before he told aaron right because there's a scene early on where aaron comes up to him on a bench or sorry abe comes up mm-hmm. to aaron on a bench and aaron's sitting there and abe says to him hey i'm going to tell you something that's going to be really huge and freak you i'm going to show you something that's going to change your life kind of thing right right that's the moment where he basically leads to telling them about everything um and yeah there's actually a part here that's actually confusing me now that I'm thinking about it, but I'll, I'll get back to that when we get to the other malarkey. Um, so he, so he, so the idea is he can go back and he can stop it from ever happening. Mm-hmm. And then we find out, and here's the part that confuses me because I don't understand it. Because I understand this, I understand having a failsafe. I even understand that after going through the, the failsafe and going all the way back to the start of the, all all the different time traveling episodes, that if Abe changes things and stops it from ever happening. They will never do everything else. So Mr. Granger thing will never happen. Um, and this is why there will be a second version of Abe forever because the original version is never going to do this loop. He's created a paradox here by going through the failsafe and stopping it. However, Abe's not... Well, they said they have to like disappear for a while, right? Like for go forever. to another country and well, stuff like that. Isn't that for that reason? Well, yeah, forever because like there is now two versions of them forever because the original Abe is never going to... Or, well, no, he is the original Abe, but the Abe that's now created... Cat. He was biting my the things. My cat too, man. Oh, they're being pests. Right, so... so You lost my... Cat, you made me lose my train of thought. I, I was on a very complicated train. Right, so... 
So again, to explain the original way this movie works, they turn the box on, they go into the... They, they, no, sorry. They turn the box on, they live out the time that they're spending, they're going to travel back through. They then go into the box and go back to when they turn the machine on. So whilst they're going through that, that period where they had to wait in the box, there are two versions of them. Because there's the versions that lived the day originally, and then there's the versions who travel through time. Right? Mm-hmm. You could even argue there's a third version who's always in the box, if you really wanted to. But... yeah. But the, the that's that's the way it works. That's why there's two versions of them throughout that six-hour period, that day period, whatever it is. But then once the versions who were waiting go in the box, it's just the ones who came out of the box that exist from that point on, right? The loop's been completed, and it's only the it's only the the ones that have completed the cycle that are now alive. But because Abe Abe's plan is to go through the failsafe that goes all the way back to the start, and actually, because because the whole theory up until this point is to never change anything, is to not cause any paradoxes and just get away with doing it without you know without affecting anything in the world. This plan, right. though, with the failsafe is to stop them from ever doing it. Therefore, they will never go in the box and they will never uh, complete a loop. Therefore, the original version will exist because he's he's been through the failsafe. But now this new paradox version, who will just continue to live out his life, um, will live as well. I understand so that. that. Yes. No worries, Tara. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, I understand <laughs> up until this point. I really, I, I mean, I don't understand the science behind it, but I understand the rules. I understand why that yeah. happens the way it happens in terms of the looping and having doubles and whatnot. The part I don't understand is that then Aaron reveals... They, you know, or he doesn't reveal. We sort of get like a montage of all these things happening, and we'll talk about how this is handled in a second. But Aaron reveals that he actually discovered the failsafe and went back. Went back as well. He had like a like a, a modular failsafe that he. It was almost like. It's almost, he said something about like it being foldable, so you can bring it back with you. Yeah, it's it's like he went in the same failsafe. And then, and <laughs> we can bring it back. I don't know if we can do it, man. I don't know if we can this, this make is this the, make sense. This is the part I don't understand. I don't understand how Aaron achieves this. He says something about it being modular and foldable, and he was able to like take it inside with them. To me, it almost seemed like he was inside the same cube that that because because they knock themselves out. They take gas to like go to sleep inside, right? So they're not awake. Um. And it sounded like he went inside the same, but he shared the box with with Abe, um, but somehow went back further, almost like he went inside with a foldable box, turned it on while he was inside so that it would be ticking. And then when he came out, it would still be on so that he would have an additional six hours to go back. Would yeah, that work? Yeah, like the, the idea being so he definitely says something about taking one back with him. So the idea that he takes someone one back with him and he turns that on inside the box so that it's been on for however many hours, right? And then mm-hmm. he builds it back up once once he gets out, maybe a little bit earlier than than Abe does, right? So he's actually further in the time, but he builds this other box, and because of that, he can then because he's already turned it on inside the box or before he went in or whatever he then could go back another extra day or whatever it was and, you know, beat Abe to the punch. Because the big twist here in this this is is that Aaron, um, who has always been more gun ho about doing things for gain, whereas Abe's the careful one and not and try to be, you know, trying to not cause any changes. Aaron, we find out that he's actually 
because they've both drugged the earlier versions of themselves so they won't go in like that day when they had this first conversation where Abe reveals what's going on and it turns mm-hmm. out that when Abe goes up to, to pretend that he's, he's being you know present day Abe at the time Aaron's actually already also future Aaron and he's actually listening Aaron started recording all the conversations at some point so that he could reiterate everything now the far-fetched bit of this is that Aaron was like thinking this far ahead like I buy that Abe would build a failsafe because he thinks t- time travel right run amok the, the idea that Aaron was thinking so far ahead that he had this conversation on tape like this early is a little bit wonky to me I guess, but he can go back in time as many times as he wants if he's before the time that Abe comes back. That's true. You're right. You're right. Maybe he actually does it a few times. But it even mentions when it gets to the party incident that he has tried it multiple times until he gets it right, until he fixes yeah. it. And it becomes this interesting question of did they always do this? Because they, men- they mentioned that no one ever gets hurt at the party. Like Even the first time we hear about it, no one got shot. The gun never fired. Yeah, it was just a frightening event for everyone. So it's still a chance for him to be, for Abe to be a hero. It was Abe, right? Yeah, it was Abe's girlfriend. But here's the thing, um, is is Aaron, like, you know, he basically, the ultimate solution is, is that they know the gun's in the car until he goes and, this, this weird guy goes and gets it. So he just goes in the car and empties, you know, makes sure there's no ammo in it so that nothing can happen. And my, my question then is, well, was all but all these loops always going to happen and that's why there's no that's why it never fired in the first place it was never going to fire because aaron always emptied the gun i thought maybe i would watch the movie a second time or like just skim through the parts Mm -hmm. and i didn't watch the um i watched like the last 20 minutes again (laughs) and i also went back and i watched um the scene where abe first goes back and confronts him and he is wearing a headphone when he does that in the in the beginning or in the first like i don't know what that is like the first half hour of the film when he actually goes back in time the first time and and you know aaron does have the earpiece in his ear and i think i just i noticed that they were always wearing an earpiece or like one or the other were always wearing them at some points and i bet that you know that tracks yeah 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 it's probably like it confirms he was just listening to music or something but it confirms that Aaron, like the version of Aaron we were seeing throughout the film, was one that had already traveled back in time and was going through the motions of these conversations, uh, mm-hmm. and like you know doing everything again essentially, um, because it, you know it's it's it is, it is really dark. Um, so 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 yeah, I think the first time I watched this, I didn't immediately get that like both of them had traveled this far back in time together. Like you know, I just separately. didn't understand how. Like yeah. I I knew that they were saying that there was a third. That there's like a third fail safe, but I didn't understand how it was possible. I, I'm assuming like through our back and forth that we would like get get close. <laughs> I, I think we kind of did. I I think again the con- conveying of information in the movie is a little bit rough in the sense that, like, if you're telling me that you can fold up a thing, like it, it's done through narration and like the audio, like like recordings that we're hearing throughout the film, and mm-hmm. I feel like. You have to you have to show me it like make it very clear like show me him like yeah. folding up. I guess a thing. I can do it with the budget, but yeah. like I need I needed more. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I like it, it. makes it more confusing. Than it needs to be. It intercuts with like both of them like drugging themselves so that they're taking each other out kind of thing. That like it gets a little bit confusing as to who's drugging who. At one point, at one point, I thought Aaron was drugging Abe. You know, young, you know, like original Abe kind of thing. The, the scene where Abe is being like smothered mm-hmm. with the mouthpiece, 
I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. Oh, that, that, I think that's that's right. That's the Abe that's went back smothering younger Abe, so that he can take part in the conversation during the day, just to make sure that time travel never happens. So that's that's him knocking him out. I, I think that's Abe knocking himself out. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, well, Aaron is just using the syringe of the milk to for, drug him because he knew what he ate for breakfast for himself. Yeah. Um, because he mentions that he's done it multiple times, he's went, you know, he's went back and drugged himself multiple times. And after the second time, like sometimes he'd wake up and like put up a fight, and he'd have to fight himself. He says that. Yeah, yeah. So, which is interesting again, conceptually very interesting. And it, it seems that like, uh, one of them he he leaves the house, and the other Aaron is still awake. And he said like he just wanted it more or something. So he, so I I guess there are multiple versions of him where he's awake uh, maybe yeah I, I don't know like does it just explain what he's doing here does that matter yeah I it's, I don't know. I, it's so weird <laughs> but so here's the thing they, they kind of like make a bit of a truce and again this is something where i feel like it happens too quickly and like to the, to the point where they're, they're falling out because of what aaron's done and they're truce to for you know at least for a while to like solve this party problem which they do, right? And it becomes kind of like, uh, like okay, they saved the day. And I'm like, I feel like, yeah, okay, give them this thing to solve, this like crisis they can stop. Um, mm-hmm. that that's a, a fine idea. I think all of it just happens so quickly though that it's, it's it's impossible to sort of take it in and actually get into the tension of it maybe happening and them you know succeeding or failing or or whatever. Right, and even though I think they do a fine job acting, I yeah. think professional actors would have given me more to to be stressed out about during this sure. yeah because they're kind of in neutral the whole time and I, I like there's a lot that happens and i i know they're in a crisis but it's hard for me to keep up with all the sciences going on and the timelines and also like try to understand what kind of a crisis this is like when I was watching i just i i really got lost i i think more time needed to be set spend establishing the crisis the first time we hear about it and like have it actually be something that feels kind of bad and also yeah. them trying to solve it like again i could take a whole other like 20 minutes here of the movie like with them just like okay we're, we've went all this way back let's use it to stop this 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 incident and have them like have to actually do the research and plan it like there's like a couple of lines of narration that kind of imply that aaron's been like going back and like trying this multiple times and i'm like Give us a montage. Let, let us see them try. Let, let, let him see do his research. Let him, let, mm-hmm. let, you know, let, let us see him scope things out kind of thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so it could really be neater with conveying its information at this point in the film. It's, it's not just, it's one thing for the science to be confusing, which is fine. You know, if, if, they, if they want to make it feel like it is like really hard, like that's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, that's the thing also with the film is that I, I sort of, I'm not really mad at the movie. I'm kind of mad at myself for not being able to keep up. Like, I know that it's probably solid, you know, like all the time travel stuff and the story beats and all the characters. I'm sure it all makes sense if I were to like read it as a script. I I can be a little mad at the movie for how it conveys the information towards the end and not spending enough time, like really giving some, some ideas that the, the, the the amount of time they deserve. Um, and I'm still quite positive on the movie because I th- I think it does a lot no, with nothing. Too. Like I I think the middle portion of the movie especially is really engrossing. Like I'm really into like them 
like mm-hmm. discovering what they can do what they can't do um and yeah. again there's another thing that i wish they went into more is that at one point something they've gambled on that they've you know through time travel are feeling positive about actually doesn't happen and they're like wait a minute it changed like that this team was supposed to win or whatever and they didn't um did it i mean i think they said that well it must be like a foul ball or something and they're like oh yeah you're right you're right like i think it worked itself out that it okay maybe that was like a quick light but, at the you end know of- there was another thing that was brought up that kind of doesn't get doesn't get explored very much and that is like his ear starts bleeding at one point like aaron's ear likes just gushing blood um, and yeah. they both acknowledge the fact that they're they're not able to write like their writing is uh like writing with their other hand it's not working and they just they know how to do it it's just not coming out the way they used to so there is some kind of like mental deterioration or something yeah physical side effects i think the Mm -hmm. idea that aaron's ears bleeding is implying that he has already traveled back to the fail safe like you know multiple times so he's traveled more than abe has Uh, and that's why he's the one yeah because i do see um abe has like a bloody ear at one point later on yeah and it's not even like acknowledged, I don't think. But you can you can see it like his ears just bleeding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at the end of the movie, after they've solved this crisis, they basically have this fight where Aaron's like, "Yeah, well, we have to go now because because we're not going to let ourselves." Go, you know, they've stopped themselves from figuring out like the original the versions that now exist aren't going to time travel, so they're just going to exist, you know, for however long. Um, mm-hmm. Abe wants to stay stay in town and kind of monitor th- themselves to make sure they don't do any time travel stuff and keep things you know the way they are. And you know he's basically not with his girlfriend anymore because now the version that doesn't know about time travel is the one who's going to be with his girlfriend because he's, there's no going to be two of them uh, forever. Um, whereas Aaron wants to steal their their counterparts' passports and just go live somewhere in a different country where no one can speak mm-hmm. to them. Um, and Abe's like, never come back here. Like, you, you have caused so much problems. And there's that Gus again, that Gus K. And a- Abe is like, you have caused so many problems with what you've done. To, to the point where Abe now has to live, a, you know, a life without the people he loves around him. Because he can't reveal that there's two of them. Um, yeah, it's pretty tragic. It is pretty tragic. Um, and I, I wish the... Because, you know, when they have this fight at the end, and I remember the first time I watched the movie, not really getting exactly what they were fighting about. <laughs> right? Whereas in a second viewing, I, I did get it more. And I was like, okay, I, I understand what this fight is. But it's, it's, it's a difficult movie to follow at times. It really is. Um, yeah. And so we get this epilogue scene where Aaron is building a room-sized version of the, the box uh, with, I think, French people. He's expl- yeah, he's in France. Yeah, he's explained. So he's he's got plans to like take whole things back with him. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he wants to steal a car, put the car in a time machine, and go back. You know, <laughs> so he's got the car. I mean, he's uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's got big plans. He's got like a whole crew building everything for him. It's gonna be like the size of a warehouse. It seems. It, it almost feels so, like. I mean, it it seems he didn't learn his lesson, or he's too greedy to to not use his technology again. Yeah, it almost feels like it wants to kind of, kind of prod at the themes of like, you know, just because we can, should we? You know, is this dangerous? Oh, should okay. should we not do it? And I, I think, again, it's something the movie could spend more time on. and Or also, like, will this technology be invented anyway by somebody else who's going to abuse it? So do you, do you hide it or... 
Yeah. Wait for somebody else to find it. Yeah, you, you could go down that route with this. Um, but I, I think the, the movie has a lot of little ideas that it just kind of glosses over, just has in one scene that I'm like, man, you could like, you could turn this into like a whole 10 episode TV show and like tackle these ideas an episode by episode. Um, do you want to see that? Do you want to see a remake? I think I do. Yeah, I think, I, and it's funny actually, you know, I, I'm, I'm working through a dark season two right now with Connor, we're reviewing that, which is a time travel show. And I guess, I mean, it's not the same like time travel rules exactly as this is uh, by any means, but mm-hmm. like, I, I guess in a way, like, Dark is kind of like what you want out of a long form version of like exploring the, the, the causality and the idea of loops and like, well, once once a time loop's in place, like, like you know, if someone, this, this actually just happened on the most recent episode, but uh, the, the debate about this but if someone goes back in time and gives say a writer a book that they, they, they wrote they go back to like say young stephen king and say mm-hmm. hey 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 here's the shining you're going to write this in the future stephen king reads it and then writes the book because he's read it then he never really had the idea for that book and it creates this loop where you know did he ever actually have the idea for it or did he always just get it from the future and in that case, then who had the idea? No one had the idea. I mean, it's a paradox, essentially. I mean, it's yeah, um, you're right. You know, it's Back to the Future. It's say, hey, it's your your cousin Marvin, Chuck Berry. Listen to this. <laughs> you know, it's that moment from Back <laughs> to the Future. And um, but dark b- because it's a you know it's a TV show and it's got episodes upon episodes to deal with this stuff. Like it, it's so intricate. You know, like characters in one timeline turn out to be characters in another timeline. You know, there's mm. like all, all these like crazy things. Uh, to its credit, Netflix show. Netflix show, yeah. So if you got Netflix, you can watch Dark. Um, but what I really like about it though is that it's unlike unlike Primer, is that it's somehow easy to follow, almost all the time. <laughs> like it really, like they do such a good job. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, would you want to see this script done with a budget, and like actors? I think not exactly this script. I think this this core story, and then maybe expand upon it to like a two hour movie because I think it could totally fill two hours and not feel like it's yeah. padded. And yeah, give it give it a good director, good <laughs> script. Like I feel mm-hmm. like who would I like to see direct this? Like a remake of this? I I could see. I, I'm hesitant. No, I always default to like directors who've done something similar and. I don't know. Just Ryan Coogler. Just let Coogler do it. Just let him do everything. I wish he done something <laughs> similar. Coogler? Yeah. Oh, he hasn't. I'm just saying, like, give him everything because he's okay. amazing. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're back to Creed. We're back to Creed. Um, Always. No. Oh, damn, this cat. <laughs> I want out, Mom. No, I want do you out, want Mom. A, do you want a fourth cat? No. <laughs> Three is more than enough. Three is more than enough cats. Um No, I, I like I mean I think the obvious answer is someone like Christopher Nolan. Like Christopher Nolan doing Primer the remake would be insanely good. Um I'm also hesitant to say Yeah, he likes timelines. He does. I'm also hesitant to say someone like Duncan Jones. I say hesitant because after his first two movies he has went massively downhill, so I don't know if I trust him with it, but Didn't he do the Warcraft movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's great. <laughs> what? No. Tara. I never saw it admittedly, but it looked terrible. And Well, Peter... as someone who played World of Warcraft, 
for the two years that it, after it came out. Um, I was quite satisfied with that film. Yeah, well, the reviewers hated it as well, so I feel confident in saying that that it sucked and that you have to already care <laughs> oh, about. Sure. It's not a good movie, but yeah. if you're a Warcraft player, yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, you already have to care about it. You're like, you, the movie didn't make you care about the characters; you just did because they came from the game. You already really were deeply invested. You didn't in. care about the orcs. I never saw it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, most people like the orcs in the film. I don't. It's good. I'm good. I really, and I'm not a big fantasy guy. Guy anyway. gets turned into a sheep. That's the one thing I wanted to see when I walked. <laughs> But he, he, you know, he did Moon, was a masterpiece, right? And we'll talk about that. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's so good. And I love Source Code he did too, Source Code, right? Source Code is really good. We'll, we'll definitely, yeah, that's great. We will do those movies on this show for sure. Those are definitely happening. But then yeah. he did Warcraft. And, you know, even if that turned out to be good, I was disappointed that he was spending, like, because it took, like, five years to make that movie. And they're like, I want more Duncan Jones movies. I want more sci-fi from Duncan Jones. And then he made Mute. Did you oh, see? Oh, I didn't see it. I heard about it, though. Oh my god, do you... I mean, it is a sci-fi movie, so arguably I should redo that with you at some point on the ace. Although the uh, thought... If you've already done it, then we're good. The thought of watching it again... See, I want you to live through the pain. I kind of do. <laughs> that that was... And the worst part is is that it actually has like a, a little Easter egg in it where it connects it to Moon, and it made me feel sick because the movie's not good. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so spoilers for... for mute but only the the way it, like the the small like cameo thing that connects it to to moon at one point on tv there's like, there's like a public court case of like uh you know the character from moon it's you know sam rockwell's in it and it's like him yeah. arguing in court with the like another version of himself presumably the real version uh about like the legality of creating clones and it like just uh this felt so shoehorned in well his next film is a science fiction film is that why you're oh, looking at your phone? You're Rogue just, Trooper. You're not just being unprofessional? <laughs> what? You're not just being unprofessional. That's why you're looking at your phone. Because you brought your phone up there when you scratched your nose and I'm like, this unprofessional bitch. I'm what is so this? bored right now. <laughs> <laughs> Show Firefly. I don't know. Enough cat problems. No, I'm looking up Rogue Trooper is his next movie. It's yeah. science fiction. It's based on a, I want to say comic book. It has a comic book on the picture, yeah. Yeah. It's just like 2000 AD on it. Yeah, yeah, it's a 2000 AD comic. Um, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, what? The... I feel like I had another thing to bring up. Oh, for what director you would want to see Maybe. do a remake? Doesn't matter though. Doesn't matter. I mean, I guess that's that's it. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess maybe. Um... Maybe Ryan Coogler is like a joke answer, but I really just want him to do everything. Um, maybe he can do a science fiction film. And his lower budget films are great. But yeah, so I mean, it's not surprising that the bulk of that conversation was about just trying to get our heads around how it worked uh, towards the end of the movie, because that really is where it gets confusing. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm I'm sure sure further viewings may help. I'm sure commenters will maybe try and give us a <laughs> an in depth reasoning here. Um, <laughs> I look forward to the breakdown. Yeah, I know. Um, I actually looked up some diagrams, <laughs> like you know, some diagrams that people have done properly online. And oh boy, uh, there's like a definitive one like, on my Google image search. So it was like definitive like primer like timeline guide, and it's every single time they travel in time with labels, and it's like insane. Oh yeah. 
Um, so 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 wacky. But you know, it's an event of good before second viewing. Yeah, it's an event of all movie though, and I appreciate the balls it has and like how much effort went into like figuring out like the the rules of it. But mm-hmm. I think it could do a better job of conveying some of its information, especially when it comes to like certain characters that are brought up and incidents that are brought up. Like if we're going to revolve the yeah. back half of the movie around this the shotgun incident, then make it clear. Let us like you know see it and let us like witness it and like see them investigating it and like trying figuring things out and maybe fail to like solve it and go back and do it again or you know like give us give us more give it give us something that makes it feel like more solidified in our head um yeah but and i'm not saying spell it out to us i I like that it doesn't pull punches but it almost goes it goes too far in the other direction and doesn't like convey information well enough um but hey that's that's pretty we should we should rate primer um, will you, will you give him Primer? Okay. Um, I really did like this movie. I think it could use a remake, just because. Uh, like we said, I, I think I want to see it with just a little bit more budget, so I can get a clearer understanding of how this really cool concept works. Because I think it does work. I, I I think it's all there. Um. That being said. I feel better about the movie now that we've discussed it. Um, but I, I still do have a lot, some questions <laughs> that I don't think we can answer. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm going to fault a little bit for that. I'm not going to hold its budget against it, though, um, because I, I am really impressed with the $7,000 budget. And it is a decent film and a, a great science fiction concept. So I'm, I think I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's a deserved eight. Most movies have cameras that cost way more than seven grand. Never mind everything yeah. else that a movie costs. Um, <laughs> hell, actually, most movies probably spend more than seven grand on just renting a camera. Never mind buying yeah. one. Um, probably. Oh, it's insane. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I I appreciate it as, as someone who is into filmmaking to to a point, and I I, I appreciate when I see a low budget film that's inventive. What I'm going mm-hmm. to critique it for is not its budget or like how it gets around that. It's more just the failings of the script to just convey things clearer both some of the science towards the end but also just introducing characters and events that are going to be important like some of it is just mentioned so quickly in dialogue once if you're lucky Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to just take it all in from that and it makes it a very like dense film to like watch and like as consume um and some of that adds but again the tone's great it's inventive and it's time travel rules um I, I love that they stumble into it. I love kind of like just how they try and use it. And then mm-hmm. I just, I wish they did more with like, wait, did someone else travel in time that shouldn't know about mm-hmm. this? Like, how do we fix that kind of thing? I wish it went more I think this that. is going to be a movie that sticks with me. Yeah, I can see that. Especially when I watch other time travel stuff. Yeah. Joe, you know, it's only been like a year and a half since I did Coherence with Matt, but I think I, I want to do Coherence so bad on this show with you that it's probably going to happen later this year. I, I, okay. I want to show you coherence because I, I I mean some films like I think Primer is a good example of a film that's going to be better upon more rewatches. Yeah, I, so. I coherence is one that I liked even more the second time. But I, I and it, coherence has got a lot going on in it, but it's not as it's not as confusing as Primer is. It's not like that. It's, is it time travel? It's not time travel. It's uh. Oh, you could surprise me when I watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I could just say what it's about. I don't think it'd be a spoiler to say 
the sci-fi concept it's playing with but i almost don't want you to know i almost want you to just watch because I, when i watched the movie i didn't know what it was about i just heard it was good from someone and i just watched mm-hmm. it knowing nothing and i freaking loved it all right i freaking loved it so um plus it stars nicholas brandon who's that he played xander in the hit television ah. show but for the vampire slayer <laughs> Were you intentionally setting me up, or did you genuinely know who that was? Nope. <laughs> Excellent. I was kind of hoping you'd do it. I knew the name Xander, so as soon as he said yeah. that, I went. Yeah, I I joke I joke tell her about you doing a Buffy reference to pay me back for the Star Trek one. So I was hoping you knew who it was and you would do it. But I'll I'll take I'll I'll take I'll take the genuinely not knowing who that is because that's funny to me that you didn't know I was. That's where I was going with it. Whereas 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 Connor would be like. Oh, <laughs> like i get it nicholas brandon do your thing get it over with <laughs> so good anyway uh that is that is primer uh we have we've discussed primer um and i am time traveled out for the day but we are not done on this show but before we get to the bonus section mm-hmm. i want to tell you what you can do to support us we'll do, do, do our, we always do that first um, you can, of course, let us know what you think of the, the movie in the comments below. You can like and subscribe. Uh, you can support us, of course, uh, if you're on the, the podcast uh, version of the, the show uh, on the, your podcast app, whether it be iTunes pod, you know, or Apple Podcasts, as it's called now, uh, or you know, Podbean, Pod... whatever. I don't know. There's a ton of podcast apps. I don't know. I, don't, I use Google Podcasts. You, you can get it on Spotify for sure. I don't know if you can rate us on Spotify. If you can, you know, give us a rating. Um, but if you rate us five stars, it helps people find the show. And uh, if you, you know, if you enjoy the content and want to keep it coming, you can also support us financially. How can people do that, Tara? Oh, you could check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MarvelousTV. Um, you can donate as low as a dollar per month, and the dollar gets you bonus episodes of the Ace yeah. once per month. You get to vote on which movies we watch, like the ones we watched today. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, you can do that. Um, and then if we're promoting other content, um, oh, we should also mention just, I want to read because we've not had this very long, so I think it's worth uh, repeating this one uh, for people, uh, especially for mm-hmm. the patrons we already have is that at the five dollar two you get to vote once per month but you also get to add movies to the reactor which is similar oh, to yeah, that's right. uh, the crypt for streams after midnight and the vault for 121 and flux where patrons at the five dollar two can submit films that they're choosing to a list that every so often we'll pick one from to do an episode on um it's kind of a, just like an idea to gauge some interest from obviously from our biggest fans who are patrons uh, as to what movies they'd like us to do uh so do go to patreon.com slash tv and have a look um yeah to promote other content i mentioned that me and Cara are reviewing dark by the time this goes up we'll finish season two probably but you can go and see all of season one and two reviews um and it's one of those shows that really is great to discuss between episodes and i know some people like to watch shows that we've done like that and sort of use our videos as a way to like have that in between episode conversation when everyone else you know everyone's already watched it or they don't know anyone who does watch the show they get that between each episode you know theories and speculation and, and stuff like that um so you know I, I i know people have done that with our twin peaks reviews as well which i'd, I'd recommend checking out um but for stuff with me and tara uh you, you promote uh, what we do tara well, fan of science fiction, we also review the classic Twilight Zone episodes. You can check those out. Um, as far as other reviews we've done, I enjoy our Chernobyl ones, which didn't start off with me and Peter. It was Peter and Connor, but Connor was a boob, so I replaced him. 
Yes. I'm not done talking about Chernobyl, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm too mean to corner sometimes. I'm not going to do it. Um, all right. So, uh, yes, I do that. And hey, by the time this goes up, it may not be too far away before Tower's doing Babylon 5 reviews as well with me. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, also science fiction. So uh, mm-hmm. check those out. And that'll uh, be on the regular. On the regular, yeah, that'll be that'll be that'll go. I, I was doing it my own up until a certain point in season one, and I was struggling to keep it up. Uh, but um, uh, when Tara's on the show, we will make that an official weekly schedule again, uh, and we'll we'll do that. So look at that, Tara has got three regular shows on Mail Fuzz TV Whoa. now. She's like getting promoted. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're legitimately on more than Matt is now, uh, which isn't a dig at Matt. I'm the captain now. Matt has, a, Matt has a busy life. Uh, Matt watches basically too much sports. That's kind of like, every time Matt's too busy, it's because it's either hockey season, football season, or... Uh, wrestling. Wrestling, yeah, he loves wrestling. He watches other things. I don't know, he's, he's a madman. Anyway, uh, but we do have one final section of the show to uh, to do here, and that is... The reason that everyone watches. The reason why everyone <laughs> watches is our bonus Mystery Science Theater 3000 section. Uh, and this week you know we get together we watch an episode of the show tara is a long-time fan so she picks the episodes uh for the most but maybe i'll pick one in the future but mm-hmm. for now i've been quite happy to let tara uh just sort of guide me through the the waters and she picked the zombie nightmare i'm so disappointed in myself that i did not pick time chasers <laughs> which is a time travel one <laughs> that was a bit on on topic for today that's true but hey that means you've got that for the future mm-hmm which is you know a good pun yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> damn it give me credit <laughs> i'm an insecure I man give me... and i don't want to give you credit for accidental puns i'm an insecure man give me credit for everything i do that deserves credit please thank you and goodbye <laughs> um, <laughs> so um zombie nightmare stars adam west and also tia carrera um so yeah star power in this one comes from the 80s this is before she was in wayne's world or true lies or anything that made her you know a bit more famous um i assume wayne's world was a big hit our first big hit but i could be wrong mm-hmm, probably i don't know a lot about the career of tira career uh beyond true lies and wayne's world and i know she was in a tv well, now sh- i know this one <laughs> I, I never watched it but i know she was in a tv show called relic hunter it was like a female indiana jones um i think it was a canadian show that sounds right because i think this movie's canadian is she canadian i'm gonna look at that <laughs> is she is she one I already of yours have IMDb open is tia career one of yours is, is she is she of maple syrup <laughs> <laughs> i mean obviously she's asian as well but like people... born in hawaii born in hawaii okay oh she's hawaiian okay but so much stuff is filmed in Canada. Maybe she got her start there. That's true. I didn't realize she was Hawaiian, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Born um, in Honolulu. Fair enough. So that's who Scarlett Johansson stole that role from. <laughs> that's not even a new joke at this time of recording. Like, if you're watching this years from now, you're thinking, oh, that must have been around the time that that controversy of that movie came out. Um, no, it wasn't. Actually, I don't know what you're talking about. It was actually, it was actually Emma Stone, 
but yeah, Scar- she played the Chinese woman or something in the, it in was, the movie. It was half Chinese, half Hawaiian, I think, if I remember right. Oh. But Scarlett Johansson did it as well, I'm sure. And well, she did the uh, Ghost in the Ghost Shell the- that people are upset yeah, about. Ghost in the Shell, uh, which yeah. honestly, and she was supposed to play a transgendered woman and. Uh, got booed off of doing that yeah there was a hubbub the thing about the thing about ghost in the shell is though is that like okay i I, you know i i get it and it's like i understand why people are upset but that doesn't necessarily mean the movie will be bad the problem with the movie though is is that it actually kind of tried to use it as a plot point and did it very badly and made it worse like Uh, it it actually do we have to watch that one too Mm. <laughs> I mean, Connor already did it, so we could probably just ignore it. Uh, all right, I'm only taking all that one and leave it behind. Um, but like, it tried to like do something with it, but it actually like it, it tried to like justify why they cast a white person, and it made it worse because they tried to like mm. give it a reason. And I'm like, well, like, it's not great that you've done this, but trying to actually pass it off as an important plot point is just yeah. Could you tell if it was like something that was added post everybody getting mad about it? I don't think it was added, but I get the feeling they knew that people were going to be pissed. Like I think as soon as they announced they were doing a movie, it was like, "Hey, you should probably use this to like give a Japanese actor like a you know a platform, yeah. you know." But hey, um, anyway, night, night, Zombie Nightmare. <laughs> so the plot of Zombie Nightmare is that. <sighs> is that good luck uh so so we have a flashback set in the past where young boy um i don't know i'm going to call him exposed nipple because when we see him as an adult he has an exposed nipple because he has a tank top that's like cutting so far that you can see his nipple um but exposed nipple boy um he's, he's playing uh softball i think softball baseball yeah. Or when he's a boy, he's watching his dad play like a minor league. That's right. Something. Yeah, he's watching his dad, um, and for some reason, some hoodlums are also watching and kind of like stalk one of the the a woman that's nearby that they're like stalking for chicks. I, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird, because um, because that's where you go to find women to sexually assault. Little league games, I don't, or minor league <laughs> games rather. Um, minor league. Anyway, so that's whatever right so they're walking home as a family the mom and dad and the son and they come across that this this sight of this this woman being assaulted by these two two punks and there's a great joke here actually from the mystery science theater guys where the dad kind of like grabs his son and they say son go get him <laughs> like you know son you go yeah. you go help the defenseless woman i'll, I'll stay back here <laughs> uh, but he, he he does run up and tries to like you know fight them off but they stab him and he dies he actually falls on top of the woman as he does this like he's, he's like lying dead on top of her uh so then we cut forward years later and nipple exposed nipple boy is now exposed nipple man and he's also playing baseball uh, or softball. I think it was still softball. I know. I noticed that it was weird that he's an adult playing softball. Uh, if, if if he's serious about it, it felt weird to me. And I'm not judging. I have never played hardball in my life. Like I, I you know, like when, when we when we tried, uh, you know, softball or any type of baseball in in high school and PE, it it was it was softball. You know, it wasn't like you know. Yeah. Well, I did too, but that that was usually because. I don't think the girls in elementary school had a baseball team. I think it was all softball for girls, baseball for boys. 
That's bullshit. Yeah, a little bit. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we all had to throw underhand, and we had the larger ones. I don't know. The larger ball. That's that, that's straight up bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember. I think that that might have been elementary school, so like Little League, but we didn't have a, a girls' baseball team. Don't get me wrong. We, we did split up P classes into boys' and girls' classes, but we, we all did the same sport. We, we just kind of rotated, though, just because there was like, you know, there was only so much of like the, the place to play with each sport. So, like, the boys' mm-hmm. class would do this thing for a week, the girls' class would do this thing, but we'd all do everything, you know, just mm. kind of thing. Um, I you know, I think for some reason like field hockey was always seen as more of a girls sport but the boys still did it like you know we still did that for like a week I don't know that's like the most sports experience I have oh yeah me too <laughs> Just the, the like one year I did softball <laughs> I mean yeah I mean yeah it was mandatory to take PE like there was like a mandatory like you didn't get graded on it but there was like a mandatory like double period of PE for the first like several years of high school um yeah. so you just had to show up and do it and you know, sometimes you do a track or sometimes you do this sport um sure sure um i guess the idea was to teach us all how to play various types of sport um yeah be a team player yeah <laughs> well i grew up I, obviously i wasn't an american school and americans are so obsessed with their stupid sports teams like the fact that I people know. actually watch like high school sports games like on tv like or college sports <laughs> games on tv is insane to me I know it, it ruins like your whole Saturday because somebody has to have it on TV. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, people people will go go and watch it. The only people who go and watch games of anything from high schools and in, in the UK are the parents of the kids who are in it because obviously they have a yeah. they have a vested interest. No one else goes. No one else cares. No one else knows what the teams are called. If the teams even have names, I don't know if they do. There's there's no mascots. There's no cheerleaders. <laughs> like, no. No, no, it's dumb. Maddening. I agree. Anyways, <laughs> ran over. Um, so I thought that Nipple Explores Nipple Dub was going to be the main character of this movie. He ever, he's, he is, however, the victim uh, of of a mugger. He actually he defends a some murder. people. He defends like a shop owner who gets like uh, you know just, you know held up and like beats him off with his baseball bat. Um, and it's like a riveting scene. Epic proportions. Yes, I'll be honest. But anyway. It turns out that the the woman that his dad saved is like a, a voodoo like mistress or priestess or whatever. Priestess? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> so when the son is dying and is taken to his home and his mum sees him, she's like, No, they take everything away from me. She gets the voodoo woman to to do a voodoo zombie spell and resurrects him as a zombie every night. And he goes out and like, Totally glossing over the fact that they gave <laughs> They took his body, either dying or already dead, to his mother instead of to a hospital. <laughs> of course, yeah, because that, that's what you should do. Um, and just so she can see him take his last breath. And yeah, so it's basically a movie about him as a zombie being kind of mindless. He's, he's like a monster going after all the people who killed him. Because who killed him were a group of teenagers who were driving uh, drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the driver of whom of which is like the most like irritating character <laughs> uh i may have With ever feathered s- hair <laughs> yeah is it feathered hair he says that he enjoyed killing someone he's constantly he tries to rape someone at some point that's actually when he gets killed which we didn't get to see because it was cut out for the uh tv like mystery science theater version uh mm. because I- and it makes sense i'm kind of disappointed it's, just to not see the. it's probably kind of bloody well i think it was more for the, the the attempted rape than it was the the kill scene i would have thought 
You think so? I think so. Because uh, none of the uh, other kills. It was a Sunday morning show on the science fiction sh- channel, so they probably couldn't show like a lot of murder. Yeah, but like American TV's always like had more of a problem with sex than than violence. Yeah, I guess it's true. And none, so. of, the, none of the other violence that we do see in the movie seems that extreme. It's all pretty tame by you know horror movie standards. Um, but you know, like like that's kind of the movie we spend a lot of time with these idiot characters uh, one of whom is tia carrera she's one of the teenagers and it's just kind of them being picked off one by one in like kind of silly ways uh i guess the most interesting thing to talk about in the movie is that the detective on the case uh his boss his like lieutenant or captain is uh adam west who's on c for quite Batman. a bit in the movie um i'll get to my favorite running joke in a minute but uh <laughs> We also get this character, like, there's like another cop who shows up, I guess like the, the, the CSI guy, who shows up at the, the crime scenes, who has got a really nasally voice. He's kind of got the, hey, see? Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> here to talk about his bodies, hey? He's totally ridiculous. He's from, like, another time. I know. Um, <laughs> and what's funny is that they start referring to him as, as the penguin here, and it wasn't until later that I'm like, oh, they're doing that because Adam West is on it. They're doing a Batman joke. And oh yeah, <laughs> and this movie came out like a like a two years before Tim Burton's Batman, and the Mystery Science Theory episode was obviously like the early nineties, so this was like just post Batman. Uh, right, so... although he was more like Burgess Meredith. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> penguin, wait, was he? He wasn't the Penguin. I think he was. Was it not? Was he Burgess Meredith? Was I've not. I seen... could see him with this with the yeah. cigarette. So I think so. Yeah, I am um, like. My favorite joke in this movie by far because it made me crack so much. And uh, mm-hmm. full disclosure here, Tara, when we were watching this together, was kind of dozing off a couple of times. Yeah, uh, I, I'm still getting used to my time zone. I'm pretty still sure the boxes. I'm pretty sure I woke I woke her up with my laugh if she was dozing off at this point because basically there's like a, there's a criminal in the police so station boring. who is like uh, like struggling and fighting uh, the cops, and all the cops start guying up and kicking him, and Adam West is walking past. And the Mr. Science Theater guys crack a joke here where they say, yeah, kick him. Pretend it's, pretend it's Tim Burton. It'll be easier. And if you... Don't remember this at all. <laughs> if you don't know my if you don't know my, my opinion on Tim Burton, I hate <laughs> Tim Burton's movies. I, I It came up during Men in Black, I'm sure, because of Danny Elfman. But, um, and it wasn't actually until after this where they made some more Batman jokes where I got that the whole joke here, this running joke is that Adam West is mad that he's not in Batman. And that he hates Tim Burton because of it. But, like, and that's actually a really funny running joke. And I laughed every time they made one of those. But I, because I didn't click, that didn't click for me yet. When they cracked this joke, pretend it's Tim Burton, it'll be easier. It just worked for me. And I, I started laughing hysterically because it was, it felt like it was a joke just for me. And yeah, I love it. That's why I picked this episode. Exactly. Even though you didn't remember it, like you just said, like 20 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it. I know I've seen this movie before where I was awake the whole time, but mm. I, uh, yeah, I don't remember the joke. <laughs> uh, I don't remember waking up to you laughing. Such a good joke. Um, so, yeah, the, the the plot twist is is that Adam West is really the bad guy? Adam West was the guy who caused Nipple Boy's dad to die. Because he... He, he was like the, you know, the hoodlum with the switchblade. Was that the twist? 
And the one that tried to like rape the voodoo lady. Was that maybe him? Yeah. I never got that. <laughs> Isn't that the twist? What you're, did you think the twist was? You're right. Well, I was trying. I couldn't. Well, cause that was the first thing right there. I was like, I, I, I know the twist is that he's a villain and that he was like, he's like, he was like a shady cop, but um, and he, he tries to arrest the wrong guy for the the current killings, but um. <laughs> I don't think I ever got that he was the hoodlum. I, I like I I thought he was like a cop at the time, and he like let him go because he didn't care, or like, or something. I don't know. You you're probably right though. Like like honestly, like at this point, I was just laughing too hard at Mister Science Theater jokes. Like, I, like <laughs> that's probably true. Like I mean, for the record, this is one of the easiest ones I think it's been to actually watch. Like the movie actually is kind of stupidly. Yeah, it's coherent. It's, it's coherent. Just kind of boring. Yeah. It has a logic to it, and but because they're cracking jokes, you kind of get into it, and you can, you know, uh, and there's some really funny jokes along the way in this one, uh, from the mm-hmm. Mystery Science Theater guys. So I mean, that's that's good. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of Batman jokes. Obviously, at one point, um, Tom Serve was dressed as Batman, and uh, Mike is dressed as Robin. Uh, you know, just some hilarity to be had. Yeah, I like this one. This is an older. Well, not that old. Uh, one of the earlier ones with Mike on the show. Fantastic point. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty tired. It's really late. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, oh, it's interesting. It's interesting to see Mike and both of the mad scientists on in the cutscenes. Because usually yeah. it's just Mike and Dr. Forrester or Mike with Pearl. Yeah, no. Um, it's, it's kind of neat to be filling in these different parts of the Mystery Science Theater uh, timeline. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's any other like standout like silly scenes or points I want to make. They they always the teenagers always keep meeting at the same diner. Like, there's this one diner they they go to like maybe eight times throughout the course of the movie, and it's clear mm-hmm. that they had one place that gave them permission to shoot, so they just did every single exterior scene uh, at this diner. Um, yeah. So that's pretty laughable. Yeah, and the lead kid that was like the lead, the lead of their gang, the one who accidentally, like, killed Nipple Boy with his with his car. Mm-hmm. I mean, he accidentally killed him, but like, his whole shtick where he's like now at the club and he's threatening everybody, like now that I've killed a man, I can like do whatever I want. I feel powerful. And he's always like whipping out his switchblade and stuff. Yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. No, he's he's really bad. He's really bad. Yeah. It's funny. It took, just, humans just don't work that way. Like, I don't know. It took Adam West so long to appear in the film because, I mean, he's, he is a major character once he pops up, but he takes like 30, 40 he minutes. He up to like halfway through, yeah. it seems. Um, where I actually said to you, I was like, have I missed Adam West? Like, has he appeared and I've just not noticed him? Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't recognize him at this age because, you know, it's like, a, you know, a couple of decades since Batman, but a couple of decades before all of his, like, old age appearances on things, like... You would at least know his voice. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, something weird in this movie is that, like, all the bands on the soundtrack get, like, credits in the opening. Like, you know, they, they have, like... Yeah, that's like, right. Um, who, who is it? Is it... Is it it's Motorhead. Thor? Motorhead gets, like, like, the logo comes up on screen. It's because it says music mm-hmm. by and then motorhead and then it goes they're the only ones who get a logo though who that's like specifically their font everyone else is just like the, the basic text of the movie 
but it's there's like six or seven bands get a credit at the start is and it made me think that this film only exists to like promote like the soundtrack like that's like it could be the case yeah like, like the movie was made in conjunction with some kind of like film or not film but like music production yeah like a record deal or something like that and it was like yeah. oh let's do a cheap movie to like exp- you know promote the, the soundtrack i mean this is the height of mtv or like sure. maybe just the beginning yeah is, is it a made for mtv movie that would explain a lot <laughs> probably not but probably it was not. probably made with like this is what the kids want yeah hey mtv did the stream tv show a few years ago so i mean it's not out there <laughs> i heard that was good oh it's mm, mm. no 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 never mind no no and i'm i'm pretty confident you would not disagree with me <laughs> I'm pretty confident you'd agree that it's uh it's garbage. Um, That's true. So, no, I mean that was basically. It. Is there anything else about it you want to add on? No. No, I uh yeah, I was bummed. I fell asleep. <laughs> Couldn't stay awake through it. Yeah, yeah, but luckily I I I was managed to maintain attention through it yeah <laughs> um but yeah there you go that is a zombie nightmare um which does beg the question tara are you going to select next episode's mystery science theater mm. well i brought up time chasers we could do that one do you want to do time chasers next week we can do time chasers let's do it it's a good let's enough do time chasers reason is a, any. Little, a week late but that's all right just pretend there's time travel involved it's fine yeah uh so next week i'll start the timer now on the box so that when we watch it next week Mm. that's how it works right exactly yes (laughs) it'll appear it'll appear now (laughs) you try to make a primer joke based on the rules of the primer's time travel whilst you've clearly gotten tired is hilarious to me (laughs) (laughs) we were watching zombie nightmare and i could not stay awake i'm so tired (laughs) This is great. I'm going to make you agree to just a bit editing right now. <laughs> so, I'm so embarrassed at this episode. I've yawned like six times and had to let my cat in and out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how time travel works. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, uh, so next week's mo- actual movie, you know, the main movie for, for the Ace, um, somehow tara Tara always gets her way because i know which one this is (laughs) from the writer of chernobyl Ooh, the masterpiece he co-wrote well i say co-wrote implies like two writers like this was like one of like six writers somehow um he worked on a film in the 90s called rocket man not not to be confused with the current elton john biopic that's uh been coming out uh no i hope we get like a bunch of extra views for people who think they're getting a review for the new <laughs> movie. <laughs> you'll be so pissed yes they are uh, now this is a, a sci-fi comedy from the 90s and tara is determined to prove that it holds up better than i think it does so because oh, I, I, I did see i saw this as a kid i you know it was on the disney channel probably uh you yeah, know when probably. i was young yeah so we're going to do rocket man somehow yeah from the writer of chernobyl and for those <laughs> and for those of you who are worried that the show is going downhill that we're doing rocket man next i just want to <laughs> let you know that the week after we're doing the terminator so proper films <laughs> are coming right proper sci-fi films are coming 
This is a terror pick. You always know when it's a terror pick. You, you do, you do. Like, what have your picks been so far? I didn't pick Primer. <laughs> oh, that, no, that was that was a vote for, it. and that, that that's not a well, tower sure, pick. But I didn't add it to the list originally. That was you. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm going to go to our list of videos here, and I'm going to <laughs> no, because I'm going to like go through them and make it very clear which ones are tower picks because I think it's oh, really you, obvious. I think I think people already know which ones are mine. Oh, I need to type it. I can't type. I've been time traveling too much. I can't type. It definitely was not Tetsu, Tetsuo. No, that's a pewter pick, right? Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't a terror pick. Oh my god, I, ta I, I typed in the wrong section. Hold on a second. Oh my god, YouTube, you're buckling, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, there, okay, we go. Okay, okay, that could fill her. I could fill her properly. I could fill her properly. Too many people are watching our dark reviews. YouTube's buckling. <laughs> Our dark oh review, darn. Our dark is a big hit. <laughs> right. Great. That's great news. It is great news. I love it. I love it. The, yeah, the one that I posted like a few hours ago is already doing very well. It's very nice to see. Um, uh, oh, God. It's already done 14 comments. Damn, I'm going to have to check those later. Um, right. Uh -oh. Description. Atomic Cinema Experiment. And we're going to see which episodes are clearly whose picks, right? I think it's very obvious at this point. Right. Yeah, this is not going to be a good drinking game for anyone. Right, the first the first one, uh, I think technically we just kind of agreed on that. And then Bumblebee was just like, um, oh, it's a newish movie. Because it was coming out on DVD, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Allard States was the next one. That was a me pick because I hadn't seen it. That was it. you. Yeah. Then Dark... I had seen that movie before, though. Yeah, and then Dark City was there, um, which was you, which is a bit more of a normal pick, I would say. High Life was a new film again, um, so that wasn't really a pick from either of us. It was just that's new. We should do it. Day the Earth Caught Fire was me. Wandering Earth was just a new film, so I just you know was not not a pick. Final Countdown was you. That was me. That's definitely a tower pick. Why did we do Men in Black Next? Why is it two of your picks in a row? But there's three of your picks in a row. Final Countdown, Men in Black, and Stargate, they're all your picks. <laughs> what is this bullshit? There's Tetsuo in between Stargate and Final or in Men in Black. Oh, you're right. Tetsuo's before. It's because uh, the way YouTube works now, the one that's unlisted and like for Patreon only right now actually like appears before the newest one until it goes public it's weird so we had two in a mm. row it was it was final countdown then men in black right still two in a row just for the record two in a row and then next week i always she, get my way next week she gets rocket man yeah keep the chernobyl memes alive yes comrade very well comrade <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, are we ever going to have an episode that's under an hour 40 again? I don't know. Uh, but we'll find out. No way, this is an hour 40? Yeah, we're about an hour 40 right now. Oh my god, no one's going to watch this. You said that about uh, Final King, the Final Chapter, sorry, and I almost said Final Countdown there. <laughs> final... It is Final Countdown. What did I say? Final Chapter. <laughs> That's a Friday the 13th movie, which was most certainly not the final chapter, let me tell you. Um, and if you want to hear me talk about Friday the 13th more, go check out Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast that I did with Tim. I, I, I plugged that earlier, but you know, 
when in Rome. Um, okay, I think that actually wraps up the show. We have, we have successfully completed episode... Experiment. Experiment. Test subject 13. Ooh. Is this 13? I think it's 13. Um, Tetzel was 10, Stargate's 11. Oh, it's 12. I think it's just 12. No, 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 no. Because the one we recorded that's not went up yet is 12. This is 13. Okay. <laughs> I love how the end of these episodes I always just divulge into nonsense. All right, that is that's been us though. That's that's been your bonus section. That has been the the movie. Has been Primer. Hopefully you did enjoy this. Hopefully you have fun uh, with the show, even when we do get a little bit silly. Um, and of course, uh, as always, uh, like subscribe, blah blah. All the stuff I said earlier. Get us on Patreon if you want to keep the show coming. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching sci-fi movies, guys. And computer, at salsa. Yum, yum. Yum.